For those that are staying, you guys can open your Bibles to uh, three places this morning. Hebrews 11, uh, Romans chapter 4, and Luke chapter 5. Hebrews 11, Romans chapter 4, and Luke chapter 5. I don't know if you have that that many hands, but uh, three places this morning. Hebrews 11, Romans 4, Luke 5. Myself need to get them quickly. Alright, so this morning I'm going to try and do type of a, a Bible study slash sermon slash lesson, call it what you want to. Uh, so by the grace of God, let's start, uh, start reading there at Hebrews chapter 11. How many of you have OCD? Like, you know what OCD is? Obsessive compulsive disorder. None of you? Yeah. <laughs> See, that bothers me. But the, those that are sitting in this line, the pulpit is not level. There we go. All right. Now we can start preaching. All right. Hebrews 11. Let's restart reading there. The, the lesson sermon this morning is about faith. I have no clue what to call it yet. Might be faith that frees. Faith of the five, or seeing is believing. We might get up another name as we go through this, but it's about faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One definition of faith in the Bible. It's the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, and we're going to read verse number 20. Another definition, biblical definition of faith. Paul talking here about, uh, about Abram, verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now keep your space there at Romans and turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse 17 to verse 25. Let's start there, verse 17. Luke 5 and verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there was Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies, who forgave sins, but God, uh, who can forgive sins, but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins, He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. 
and immediately he rose up before them and took up that wherein he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Before we go on, let's just bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Father, as we approach your throne this morning, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have again of sitting in your house, God. As we, as we near the end of this year, God, we do not want to near the end of our spiritual growth. Lord, we want to ask that you would help us, guide us, lead us, Father, teach us uh, about this topic of faith. God, please speak to us this morning. Use me as a vessel, Father, and uh, take these notes, Father, and, and, and breathe into them, Lord, that breath of life that you might speak to these people here this morning. Help them, God. Guide them and walk with them, Father. Please, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we read in this, in this passage in Luke 5 about this man that is, that is sick of the palsy. He has a, a some or other disease which he is not able to walk or to move. And he needs men to carry him to Jesus. Now in the story we read, the phrase I want you to, to, to grab a hold of is in verse 20. And when he, Jesus, saw their faith. That's where I got to the conclusion of the faith of five. In Mark chapter 2, we read of the same account. We read there there was four men. Four men carrying this guy. The fifth is the one on the bed. With the story of the man sick of the palsy, read through it and I caught up three things regarding these men's faith. One was strong faith. The other was humble faith. And the third one was active faith. And I want to take you through these, through this passage and maybe light up those three topics, the strong faith, the humble faith, and the active faith. Before we get into this, strong faith does not necessarily go along with arrogance. That's how a lot of this world view it. If you're strong, you should be arrogant. And in the contrary of this, point number two, if you look at humble faith, that does not mean you are weak. You see how these two can go together. You can have strong faith and you can have humble faith. We have boldness. That does not mean arrogance, but it means humility. Let's read that again. In, 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 in Romans chapter 4, I ask you just to, to keep your place there. Look, look with me there, Romans 4 and verse 20. I just want to show you the, this. Then we can close up there. Romans 4 and 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, first point, strong in faith. How was, this, how was Abram strong in his faith? Read the rest of that verse. Giving glory to God. Giving glory to God. That gave him the strong faith. You can close there. Luke chapter 5 and verse 20. And when he saw their faith. Alright. He saw their faith. Look at verse 25. And immediately he rose up before them and took up um, that wherein he lay. And departed his own house glorifying God. You say it's the same that Abram did. He had strong faith, and the strong faith uh, uh, went along with glorifying God. That's my first point this morning. Strong faith, strong faith usually goes along to enduring great trials. The way strong faith is built up, is grown, is by enduring strong trials. 
Luke 5 and 18. We're going to start off there. Strong faith. And behold, men brought in a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. They sought means. I'm going to read you a short little story here which will lead on to this being strong faith. There is a familiar story that's told about a tightrope walker. Everybody know what a tightrope walker is, right? Uh, suspending a rope between two buildings, whether that be high or, or, or not so high, walking on that tightrope. A tightrope walker who did incredible stunts. All over Paris, he would do tightrope acts at tremendously scary heights. Then he would do it blindfolded. Then he would go across the tightrope, blindfolded, pushing a wheelbarrow. As the story goes, there was an American promoter who read about this in a newspaper and wrote a letter to the tightrope walker saying, Tightrope, I do not believe you can do this, but I'm willing to, put, to make you an offer. For a substantial sum of money, I would like to challenge you to do an act over Niagara Falls. Tightrope wrote back and said, Sir, I'd love to come. Well, after a lot of promotion and setting the whole thing up, a crowd of people came to see the event. Tightrope was to start on the Canadian side and come over to the American side of this uh, rope suspended over the falls. After a, uh, after a suspenseful drum roll, he came across blindfolded. The crowds went wild, and he came to the promoter and say, now you guys need to remember, he went across uh, with, with his eyes, then he went across blindfolded, and usually his act ended up with a wheelbarrow. The crowds went wild, and he came to the promoter and said, well, Mr. Promoter, now do you believe I can do it? He said, well, of course I do. I mean, I just saw you do it. No, said Tightrope. Do you really believe I can do it? Well, of course I do. You just did it. No, 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 said Tightrope. Do you believe I can do it? Yes, said Mr. Promoter. I believe you can do it. Good, said Tightrope. Now get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Isn't that the way we go about in our Christian life? Jesus says, do you believe me? Yes, Jesus, I believe you. No, 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 but, but do you really believe me? Well, Jesus, I, I saw you answer my prayers. I saw you open this door. I, I, I can feel that I'm saved, and I, I know, but yeah, Lord, I believe you. you know? But do you really believe me? Well, yes, Lord, I do. Get in the wheelbarrow. Maybe Jesus is asking you this morning to get into this wheelbarrow, to go across this, this gully, this valley, blindfolded, you in a wheelbarrow. You know what's interesting about this? If this guy, you, are in this wheelbarrow, Jesus is pushing this. I don't know if you've ever been in a wheelbarrow while somebody's pushing, but you have absolutely no control over this situation. You cannot, there, there's, there's no hands because you're in a bucket, so your hands are right here. You cannot do anything with your feet. You're at the mercy of this guy pushing you. Isn't that faith? We usually go about and people say, no, no, faith is believing in something you cannot see. I say, that's false. Faith is believing with all your heart that's which you can see. That's that which you can read. And this is where these men, faith, came in. They got into that wheelbarrow. And they said, Jesus, I've, we don't read anything about these four men, how the, 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 the runner-up to this, how they got to this point, what their spiritual condition were. But what I read from the story is these men had strong faith. They came to this house. 
Don't know if they were friends to this man. Don't know if they were family. Don't know if they were strangers. Maybe they were part of the local church. They heard this guy Jesus came in and they said, Guys, let's go out and, 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 and trust what he said. Let's take this sick of the palsy guy to him and say, Lord, you said you can do it. Lord, will you do it? They stepped out of faith. They said, Lord, we trust what you said. We trust what you said. And not just that, they put action to what they believed. That's where strong faith comes in. It's that verse right there. But be ye doers of the word. Usually we just end up there in the middle part. And, hear, and hearers only. It's easy to hear, guys. It's easy to stand there at the bottom or at the top of Niagara Falls, seeing this guy cross and say, Jeez, I believe you can do this. I do believe. It's just words. We need to put our words into actions. We need to start being doers of the word and not just hearers. If these guys, these guys heard what Jesus said, right? They heard it. I mean, they believed in Jesus. If they just stood and said, yes, we believe Jesus can heal the sick, would this guy ever have gotten healed? They needed to put faith into what they believed and said, we're going to put action to what we believe and what we heard. We're going to pick up this guy. We're going to take him to Jesus. And what Jesus said is he cares more about the people than he cares about his own building. We're going to layer this, bring this guy down through the roof. We're going to tear this guy's house up. But we believe what he said. He said he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Those that are, si uh, those that are not sick doesn't need a physician. He came to those that are sick. And they said, Lord, we're going to take you at your word. And not just that. But we're going to do something about it. Take your Bibles, turn to James. Keep your pace in, in, in Luke. James, right after Hebrews. The book of James. The book of James. James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2. James chapter 2 and verse 18. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith. And I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. I'll show you my faith by my works. And what I want to make clear is what this, this, this passage in Luke does not say. This guy, this palsy, this guy that was sick of the palsy, did not get saved based on the other men's faith. He did not get saved based on the other men's faith. He got healed. Okay? We need to understand that. Somebody else cannot get saved based on your faith. They need to put faith into what Jesus said. This sick of the palsy needed to believe that Jesus can do this. He needed to have faith in this. But what James says here is, show me your works without, uh, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Getting into this wheelbarrow will take some faith. Getting into this wheelbarrow will take some action action that will lead to stronger faith action faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god faith comes by hearing it's passive hearing by the word of god it's still passive we need to put action to our faith action how many of you know, how many of you has, have had 
economics, either on school or at university, with a raise of hands. Economics, all right. So I assume many of you know, would know what opportunity cost is, geleentheidskosten. In short, that is you, you buy or you take up something um, by giving up another alternative. So that would mean I have 100 rand. Now I go to the store and I want two shirts, all right, the blue shirt and the black shirt. I want to buy the black shirt. But now I need to give up the blue shirt in order to buy the black shirt. That's my opportunity cost. I need to give up something to gain another. Or I want to have the blue shirt. Now I can't have the black shirt. I need to give up the black shirt to get the blue shirt. It's the same thing with this faith. There is some opportunity cost involved here. For you to get to that point of strong faith, you need to give up something. You need to, by, by getting into that wheelbarrow, you need to give up something. You need to give up your, uh, 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 the, the trust in, in what you can do because now you're not in control. You need to maybe, maybe, have you seen how silly it looks for somebody to sit in a wheelbarrow? You maybe need to give up some of your uh, uh, social quo, your social status. Maybe somebody, people, some people's going to think and say, you're so stupid to get into that wheelbarrow. Nobody in their right mind would do that. How can you trust this guy? I mean, he's blindfolded. He's walking over a rope. Everything is counting against you. Strong faith will take up some opportunity cost. You will need to give up something to gain another. To get this strong faith that these men in Luke had. How does somebody become strong? Somebody in this day and age we live in now. If you want to become strong in whatever way, form or fashion, you need to exercise. Exercise if you want to be, become strong in, in, in the Bible, you need to spend time in the Bible. If you want to become strong physically, you need to spend time in the gym. If you want to become educated, you need to spend time in books. And this exercise, how you become strong, is by self-discipline. Putting up milestones. Putting for yourself end goals. And there should be some motivators along the way. We usually go into this faith and saying, All right, Lord... What I heard, I'd like to end up there whenever. Is that any way of a milestone? Is that any way of putting something into say, I need to reach that to get there? That's loose. I'll get there whenever I get there. I'll reach that whenever the opportunity arises. And we never grow. If you walk into university and you say, yeah, I'll get my degree whenever I get it. You're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. If you say, yes, I'll start saving my money when, whenever I'll start saving, you're never going to save. If you say, yeah, I'll, I'll become serious about Christianity whenever, you're never going to become serious about Christianity. I'll focus on my faith someday. I'll exercise this faith, faith someday. You're never going to exercise it. You need to put up some milestones. When do you want to reach that? I want to read my, finish reading my Bible, or I want to read my Bible uh, uh, two times through in the year 2020. How am I going to reach that? All right, now I take my Bible, 66 books. I need to read, read this amount of books in this month. All right, so breaking that down, I need to read, read this amount of books per day, this amount of pages, whatever the case might be. Now you're breaking this up. You're making this a reachable goal. You have put your plans, your passive plans into action. You say, let's get some momentum going. 
Let's get some momentum going. Guys, Jesus saw these guys' faith. Can Jesus see your faith today? Can He see your faith today? What we need to understand with these men is, I can promise you they did not have everything figured out. They had questions. Just as you sitting here this morning might have questions. These men did not have everything figured out. They did not know about the Antichrist and why Jesus came and how old he was and why his hair was long and why it was brown and why he preached to these people and why he only start preaching at 30 and how he's going to die. But they said, we've heard and seen enough to put our faith into this guy. Have you heard and seen enough to put your faith into this guy? This guy named Jesus. And whether that would be is re-institute your faith and say, Lord, I've, I've dropped the ball somewhere in the last couple of months, years, whatever the case might be. I need to get back into this. Or whether that would be is, sure, I've never realized this. Lord, I put my faith into you now as my Lord and Savior. I've seen enough. I've heard enough. Lord, it's time. Don't wait till you have everything figured out to start pursuing this strong faith. You can have strong faith even on the journey to complete this. Even on the journey. Guys, you need to understand that believing is not good enough. Believing is not good enough. I believe that there's a car waiting for me in my garage at the house. That will not get me from point A to point B in believing there's a car there. I need to get in it. I need to walk to it. I need to start the engine. And I need to apply what I know. It is not enough to sit in church and just hear it. Every Sunday, we need to put action to what, we've, what we hear and what we believe. If you don't want to put to action what, what the preachers up here say, at least put to action in what this Bible says. At least when you read, it, read a proverb every morning, put to action what that proverb says. That day, small bites, small bites. I'm going to finish reading my Bible. Woo! Big task. I'm going to free, finish reading this chapter today. Reachable. Sounds much better on the ear. I'm going to finish reading the book of Proverbs, Proverbs by the end of uh, November or the end of December. That's reachable. There's action. But we look at this and say, whoo, strong faith takes a lot. Getting into this wheelbarrow, getting to that side, I don't know, man. Just get in the wheelbarrow. Small steps. Just get in the wheelbarrow. With this, putting action to our words, accompanies that with John 15, bearing good fruit. Bearing good fruit. By their fruit ye shall know them. You might have faith. Where did I write this? Um, I'll probably get to it a little bit later. Very, very good quote. But I'll read to you, to you later. <laughs> um, but we need to understand that putting, putting action to this, putting action to this, will lead to good fruit. If there's no fruit for some period of time, we should at least look back and examine where we are coming from and where we are heading. Because good fruit is the evidence of salvation. 
You can, there, there's a possibility there might be no fruit in your spiritual life. It might be, you might at some point starting to doubt. But the biblical way is Jesus said, by their fruit ye shall know them. By their fruit ye shall know them. A preacher once said, strong faith is not overcome by obstacles. It's not overcome by obstacles. But rather uses these obstacles as opportunities to grow closer and learning more about God and His Word. These obstacles that we face, if I in my Christian life walk from point A to point B, from here to that pulpit, it's smooth going. I walk. Now I hit this obstacle. Now what do I do with this? What do I do with this obstacle in my life? It's one road. I cannot go around it. I cannot go underneath it. Now the moment I get upon this pulpit, I have victory. I have victory. But what should I do? I should get on the pulpit. If I'm as short as my wife, it might be, you might be looking at this thing, yay high. She might need to jump higher or she might need help. That's why we are here. We were here last week. But these obstacles has the opportunity. It doesn't say when the obstacle arises, it will give you a, better, a bigger faith and stronger faith. But again, there's action to this. It has the opportunity to strengthen your faith. But you need to put action to what you know. I know I need to get over this. But just knowing it, it's not enough. It's not enough. So is your faith strong today? Is your faith strong today? How do we get strong faith? We cling on to what Jesus said. Now we break this even down more. Maybe ask this to yourself. Do I cling on to what Jesus said? And the next question, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? What did He say about my current situation? What did He say about what I'm going through? What did He say is my role and responsibility where I am at now? What did Jesus say? Guys, with strong faith, we can get something done. Another quote a guy once said was, Disobedience is the result of unbelief. Unbelief is the opposite of faith. Disobedience accompanies unbelief. If you don't have faith this morning, if you don't focus on strengthening your faith as these men in Luke did, by putting action to what they have heard, disobedience is inevitable. Because the Lord said, get into that wheelbarrow. Yeah, but Lord, you're, I don't know, unbelief. Disobedience is the result of unbelief. Let's read there again in Luke 5. Luke 5 and uh, verse 18. And behold, men brought in a, a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. They put action to what they heard. Verse 19. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. My next point here, humble faith. Humble faith. 
I want to su sum this up with, you can put this as trusting, not demanding. Trusting, not demanding. These men trusted what, they got, trusted what Jesus said. They demanded nothing. They said, Lord, we trust in what you said. We're not going to demand anything. We're not going to demand that the Son of God should read, uh, uh, go to the guy at the, uh, at the corner of the street because he cannot get up, because he was sick. He made a plan. This humble faith trusted in what God said, but they demanded nothing. This layman could not move a muscle. He couldn't move a muscle, guys. He was, he was lame. His feet couldn't move. Maybe his hands were a little bit, uh, there was a little bit of flexibility in that. But there's no way that this man could reach Jesus. If he was a block away, he wouldn't reach Jesus. A block away. There's no chance. But this guy, in whatever state he was, made a plan to reach Jesus. He made a plan and said, Lord, I don't expect you to meet me halfway. Oh, I don't expect you to come to me full way. I don't expect you to meet me halfway. Lord, I don't even expect you to heal me, but I'll come to you. And I'll have faith. And these men, the, 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 the faith of the five, came to Jesus. And they said, Lord, we trust that you will do the will of the Father. Listen to what they, what they, I want to say, requested, maybe between the lines. They did not request and said, Lord, heal this guy. He's sick. He needs to be healed. You said you're going to heal him. No, no. Lord, we trust that you will do the will of the Father. And we trust that the will of, if the will of the Father is not to heal this man, then Lord, we still trust you. Trusting, not demanding. Have you made a plan this morning? Have you made a plan this morning to meet Jesus? To be reconciled to Jesus? Doesn't the Bible say we are all lepers? We're all sick? Have you made a plan this morning to get to Jesus in whatever state you're in, saved or lost? If you're lost, have you ever made a plan to get to Jesus? If you're saved this morning and might have have gone on to the beaten path? Have you made a plan to be reconciled to Jesus this morning? These men did. You see, they weren't on their own. Four men accompanied this sick guy. There's people around you here that's willing to accompany you. There's people around here that'll help you to get to Jesus. You know what form of humility it would take you Stand up and say, you know what? I don't know how to get to Jesus. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to read my Bible. Been saved for 3, 4, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I don't know. Can you maybe help me to get to Jesus? Can you carry me to get to Jesus? You know what humility that would take? I know, or I can just at least uh, 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 have some sympathy, empathy with a guy that stands up and says, I need help. It's hard for me, and maybe this is a confession, to admit to my wife when I'm wrong. How much more to maybe four other men? But you know what would make it easier? 
if I know these men have my best interest at heart. If I know that I stand up and I say, guys, please, I need, come on, team talk, come in, bring it in. I'm struggling. I want you guys to pray for me. I want you guys to help me. I want you guys to keep me accountable. I can trust in them that they wouldn't st- turn back and say, sure, this guy, wow, this guy is, is bad, man. It was way <laughs> off the path. But I can trust them to say, brother, we're here for you. We take what you said seriously. That'll make it easier. But you see, from the get-go, it takes humility. It takes humility for you to recognize what state you're in. And for this faith, not to demand anything, but to be trusting and having faith in what God has said. You see, it is better to wait on God than for Christ to wait on us. But without us knowing it, we let the the creator of this universe so many times wait for us. On His throne, we have the audacity to look up there right into the third heaven where God's sitting on His mighty throne and He says, hey, I would like to talk to you. God's not even demanding anything. I would like to spend time with you. Um, I'm good. I would enjoy hearing what's on your heart. I'm going to talk to you through this word. I'm alright. We need to have humble faith. We need to have humble faith. Guys, life has us so busy that we do this without even knowing it. We put work in front of God without knowing it. We put hobbies in front of God without knowing it. Because life happens. And we need, no, you need to do nothing. You need to read your Bible. You need to make time. I, my day usually starts, I, I need to drive to work at 6. So for me to read my Bible, I need to at least get up at 4.30. I cannot tell you how hard it has been for me. I, I'm still uh, 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 conforming to, to this My body is still conforming to waking up at 4.30 and then focusing on what this book says. Not just reading it, but focusing. It is hard. It is hard. But that's what God demands. Asks. He motivates you. He says, if you don't start your day with me, chances are it's going to turn out not as I planned. Humble faith. Humble faith. Knowing the difference between boldness and arrogance. Knowing the difference. Doesn't Hebrews tell us we can approach the throne of grace with boldness? With boldness saying, Lord, here I am. Lord, you said I can come here. Lord, based on what Jesus did, I can stand here. But Lord, goodness me, I need your help. Lord, please show me what you have me to do. Show me, God. Help me. Teach me. Guide me. Change whatever you want to change. Lord, if my life is not going the way uh, I planned, but it's the way as you planned it, Lord, that's fine with me. 
If I'm going down this slide, Father, and you're happy that I'm hitting the sides and I'm turning upside down and water's in my eye, Lord, I'm good. I'm good with that. Lord, as long as I'm on your slide, as long as I'm doing it your way, boldness versus arrogance. A lot of the times we hit this obstacle and we say, Lord, how dare you? How dare you put this in front of me? I do not deserve this. Jesus said, wow, what a reaction. There's two ways to this, boldness and arrogance. I do not deserve this. Lord, I do not understand this. Father, I trust you. Would you please help me? Would you please give me a trampoline so I can get over this? Would you please give me a stepladder? Father, whatever the method might be, would you help me while I get over this? Guys, these men in verse 19 or in this story was humble enough to ask, to act, but not to demand. I say you need to have strong faith. You need to have humble faith. And lastly, you need to have active faith. Let's read it there in verse 18 again. And behold, men brought in a, a, a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they thought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon their housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20, And when, they, and when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Verse 20, And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he saw it. There was active, there was action to what these guys believed. He saw it. Can Jesus see your faith today? Can other people see your faith today? If Jesus looks down, what would He say about your faith? What would He say about that? Is your faith just between you and Jesus? Because that's what a lot of times happen. You go on the street, you ask somebody, or you met a coworker. No, no, I'm, 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 I know Jesus. I'm, it's just private. It's just between me and him. <laughs> I get that. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. But you see how these men's faith helped somebody else. A while back, two or three Sundays ago, I preached a sermon on others. On others. The moment we understand that we are here not for ourselves, that we are here for others, other in, others in the body of Christ, and others that have not met Jesus Christ, we will put this faith into action. Saying, Lord, I know it might look weird when I put my faith into action at work. People might look weird at me, but follow that might help somebody. As I said, I started off and I said, what if these men did not put feet to their faith? What, did, what if they have not acted on what they've heard? Would this man ever have gotten healed? Nobody would have probably been there to pick him up. I don't know. But there's proof that if you put feet to your faith, we can get something done. Active faith. Active faith. Active faith. Your faith, as in this story, 
might help others, might lead others to meet Jesus. It might just be part of the process. Your faith in what you do, they might, just, might not turn around and say, my goodness, because of you did that out of faith, I believe in Jesus. But it sure does help. It sure does help when they see that, in the back of the, that, their mind, they, see, they look at this and they say, wow, okay, must be something about this. Maybe it's just a lock shot, maybe not. You remember that piece in 1 Corinthians? Uh, I think it, it said, uh, Paul uh, uh, planted, Apollo's ward watered, but God gave the increase. Active faith. Active faith. Uh, maybe we should turn there. Take your Bibles. How much time do you have left? Yeah. Take your Bibles and turn to James. Again, James chapter 2. Again, James chapter 2. We just read a verse there. James chapter 2. How many of you, or I assume you guys are familiar with a, a couple of verses in the Bible where it says, faith without works is dead, right? A lot of the times it's not applicable to us. It talks about the tribulation age. Nonetheless, faith without works is dead. Dead faith. Dead faith. James chapter 2. Let's start reading at verse, <clears throat> verse 17. Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Okay? Let me just quickly stop and pause there. We said faith, faith is uh, 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 what the Bible says as in Romans, it's, uh, in, in, in Hebrews, it's a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is believing in something, correct? So faith with action means you believe in something. If somebody tells me the sky is blue, now I put action to that and let's say I go to the swimming pool. But if I do not believe the sky is blue, then I stay inside here. That equals unbelief. Faith equals belief equals action. You will act on what you believe. Okay? Maybe the sky th uh, analogy was a little bit stupid. Maybe it didn't make sense. But putting this into perspective, if you have faith, it means you believe in something. If you believe in something, you will act on it. Alright? You believe that if you go to work, you'll get paid in the end of the month, right? That's why you work. If you don't believe you that you would have gotten paid, you wouldn't have started the, the job, right? You got saved, now maybe this is putting in air quotes, knowing that you need to put in something. Which means, if you don't put action to what you read, you're not really believing it. Right? How many people do we see reading this word never act upon it? Never act upon it. Faith without works is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Verse 20. But wilt thou, uh, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. What you are saying indirectly if you don't act on what you read is, I don't really believe it. Active faith. Others. 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 This faith, this active faith, does something for others 
without expecting anything in return. These men lowered this particular palsy guy through the roof and uh, he got healed and the story kind of goes on from there. It, does, it didn't mention the four guys that Jesus told them, yeah, you will also be healed of whatever sickness you have. They kind of lowered him down and faded in the background. Are you willing to do that? To say, Lord, by the strong faith you've given me, I'm going to apply humility. I'm going to put feet to my faith. God, and I don't expect anything back. It's a tough thing to say. It's a tough thing I want to say to request because we are so used to uh, 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 um, doing something, getting paid for it. Doing a job, getting paid for it. I mean, if you don't get paid for the job you're doing currently, you will explode. I'm not going to do this for nothing. I need the money. Jesus says, do everything, don't expect anything. You need to have strong faith. You need to have a humble faith. And you need to have active faith. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Jesus, as you have been the perfect example of all of this, Father, how you had faith in what your Father said while you were on this earth. How you believed that you dying on the cross, Father, would bring life to so many. Would inject that breath of life in so many dead souls. Father, how you, will, how you were, uh, were humble enough to leave your, your place in heaven to come and spend time and teach us here on earth, Father. Father, how you put feet to what you believed, how you put, how you put feet to what you knew, God, and you taught these people, God, not worrying what other people said, thought, or did to you. Father, please, might that picture ring true in our hearts. Might we go into this week, Father, trying our level best, Father, with Your grace to grow strong faith, Lord. Father, to act on this faith, Lord, and to be humble enough to accept what You are telling us. Lord, please, please help us, God. Please help us, encourage us, and teach us be with the main service this morning, Lord. And um, Father, yeah, please bless the, the time of fellowship now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.